tissue, affect your organ, very sensitive. You can use your hands to communicate. Stereognosis, close your eyes, feel an object, you know whether it's round or square. Yeah. I'm sorry, is the um, the precision, huh? precision, when you're holding it, we, when you say adduction, it's we bringing thumb closer to the middle finger? Opposition. Okay. Basically, these three forms of the tripod. Okay. So, when you're doing anything with that shape, you use these three things. Okay. Okay, carpal bones. There are eight <laughs> carpal bones. They're not arranged like how it is here. They are arranged in a, uh, in a very organized fashion. The proximal row, scaphoid unit, tricuitous form, trapezium, trapezoid cavity, handmade in the distal. You observe these bones, you find that the scaphoid and trapezium form are the most proximal bones and they are rounded in their configuration. Then when you look at and the trapezium, they sort of have a ridge, a hook, and a groove. So these are the bones. Big bones. Some features about the carbon bones. A scaphoid is like boat sheet. It's called a tubercle, rounded tubercle. Tubing is attached to flexor on the palmar aspect. The lunate is the only bone which has got a wide palmar surface. Most of the bones have got a narrow palmar aspect and a broad dorsal aspect. So all of them fit neatly like this, forming a curve, right? In the hollow of the palmar, ventral aspect of the palmar. The lunate is the only one that's broader on the palmar surface and narrow. That's where that bone has a tendency to switch into the uh, carpal tunnel. And cause CPS, carpal tunnel syndrome, one of the factors, not the only factor. Then form is a sesamoid bone. The trapezium has got a groove. You can see the groove in the trapezium there. And that's the flexor retinaculum that's. Can you see here? No, this is. There's a groove, so the flexor retinaculum splits inside like this and attaches to the margins of the ridges there, forming a canal, canal tunnel through which you get the tendon of the flex carpalidiaris that goes through the trapezium and gets inserted into the base of the second Okay, so that's about trapezium. Capitate is the largest bone, it articulates around with all the other carbon bones. Any problem? Yeah, I can see
Indeed, it is a bone that articulates around all the other carbon bones uh, and the three metacarpals. Metacarpals to the metacarpal connection with the legs, with the middle and with the ring. So, basically, more with the index and the middle. You want to fish somebody. Which part of your fish would you use? The lateral part or the medial? Why lateral? Natural. I want you to close your fist. Close your fist, okay? Feel the metacarpal. Even the first one, the first one, of course, is the thumb. The second one, you try moving it in a close fist. Try moving it forwards and backwards. Use the third one and try moving that. Go to the fourth one and try moving that. You'll be, you'll be able to move it a bit. Try the fifth one and he moves. Right? Uh -huh. So you go and box somebody with the fifth metacarpal, you get a fracture. <laughs> That's called a boxer's fracture. Okay? Well, the second and third are very powerful. So if you put a fist on, fist somebody on the jaw, the, the pressure would travel through second and third metacarpal. Onto the carpal bones, maybe the cavity. Then goes to the proximal row, maybe scaphoid and lunic, and hits the radius, but doesn't reach the humerus. Instead, it goes into the interosseous membrane and goes up with the ulna and hits the humerus. So by the time the force reaches the humerus, it's almost nullified. If you box somebody with the medial side, you are definitely boxing the metacarpal bone. So which metacarpal bone is involved in boxer's fracture? Not second. Second is the one you should punch somebody. Yeah? Make sure you punch with the second. Not with the fifth. Hamid has got a hook which is very closely related to knowing which we are. Now, this is a very interesting thing. This is ossification of the bones in the hand that gives you an idea of the age of the child on an x ray. The capitate is the first bone to ossify in the hand, so it is ossified by about the first year, followed by the hamid the second year. Then it goes to the triquetrum, third year, and the lunate, uh, fourth year, the scaphoid, fifth year, the trapezium, sixth, trapezoid, seventh, goes in an anticlockwise direction, and finally it reaches the physical. So on the right, you see an X-ray, you only see three bones. Now, what are the growing ends of the upper limb? Which ends of the upper limb would grow? I want the growing end of the bones in the upper limb. What is that for? From the elbow I go. From the elbow I go? No, to the elbow I go. From the knee I speak. That means the, if the growing ends are opposite to the direction of so to the elbow I go, it is pointing towards the elbow, which means in the humerus, 
we find a nutrient parameter for the probe inside, it will direct towards the elbow. In the radius, it will direct towards the elbow. So this is not the growing end. This is the growing end. And this is the growing end. So the shoulder and the wrist are the growing ends of the limb in the upper limb. Whereas the knee is the growing end of the lower limb. So you look at this radius, it's still not fused. Is still not fused, and you count only three bones. So the age of the child would be what is the age of this? Three, three, four, five, six. Three. Come on, three, look three. at this and tell me. Look at that and tell me what's the age. Three, 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 four, three, four, three. Uh, seven. You're not, you're not, you're not correlating. When is the capitate developing? So, if you get only one bone, it is one year. If it is, then you should pay attention. Yeah. This is why you miss the bus. Oh, I don't know. Okay, so capitate grows. First year, the second year, you get dynamic. So you get two bones in two years. Third year, you get trichotomy. So you get three bones. The best place to count is the count of number of carpal bones that you get the number of years. If you find if you find uh, seven carpal bones, then you say the age is between seven and twelve years. You do not know whether it's eight or you do not know whether it's nine. And you see the basic form. If you show the basic form, it comes by twelve year. So by twelve years after that, you will see all the age. Okay, now this is taken from the graphs textbook of anatomy, but I don't expect you to learn all these things. I just want to point out some important things. You see the capitate, capitate articulates with the amine, trapezoid, trapezoid, scaphoid, the lunate, but not the trapezium and the trichotium and the separate. When you look at the capitate, it's got three surfaces. So this one goes to the fourth metacarpal, this is to the third, and that is to the second. So it articulates with three metacarpals and also articulates with the carpal bones, mainly the hyamate, lunate, scaphoid, and trypsoid. Now you look at these four bones, mystery and four bones proximally, and look at the joint, and this is the, this is the joint that is drawn over here. And when you look at this joint as a raised part here which limits abduction. That's why your abduction is limited, whereas the abduction is more, the radial movement is more. It's because of this job. Okay, trapezium, the trapeze artist, the thumb is a trapeze artist, so that's where you can make up. You can, you can articulate the trapezium with the first metacarpal. The second metacarpal is wedged between the capitate and the trapezium, the trapezoid is the smallest carpal bone. Smallest is pisiform, smaller than that is trapezoid. I mean, pisiform uh, is small and trapezoid is almost the same. So you hold a fist and try to move the second metacarpal, it doesn't move so well. It's very nice. relatively mobile, and capitate, it bears the brunt 
of the uh, force. Okay, now coming to fractures. The fracture of this coil follows the rule of 70. 70% of carbon bonds of the fracture is Seventy percent of carbon bonds fractures with cathode. Seventy percent of the blood supply is from the dorsal branch of the radial artery. You remember I told you radial artery yesterday. As it comes to the forearm, it gives the palmar branch carpal and the dorsal carpal. So it's the dorsal carpal that supplies scaphoid more than the armor carpet. 70% of the scaphoid fractures unite. 70% of the bone is covered by articular cartilage. Only as, if there is any articular cartilage, say for instance, this is articulating with the cavity. Here it is articulating with the unit. Okay? And that should be articulating somewhere when the trapezium. Right? So there is a very limited place of no articulation passive on, on the bone. That's the point where the blood vessels enter. Blood vessels do not enter on an articular surface. They do not enter on a surface where it is going to articulate with another bone. Instead of non-articular surface, we get a blood vessel. Push on or outstretched hand is the most common kind of injury that causes capital. And when you have a scaphoid fracture, and press fall and down the snuff box, the patient gets a severe pain. There are various tests. I'm not getting it. This is the two arteries. This is the palmar. And most of the arteries enter the distal part of the scaphoid and then comes back. Enters here and comes all the way down. So basically, the proximal part of the scaphoid has got little blood. If there is any fracture here, this part suffers a lot. And the healing rate is very low. So, this is the direction of the blood supply and that is the union rate in fractures. You can see the rate decreasing as it goes towards the proximal part. The kind of fractures that you get in a scaphoid Usually the waist, the center part, is almost 80% of fractures. And the time for union of fractures, the more proximal it is, the quicker it heals. The more distal fracture takes a longer time to heal. The blood enters this side. So this fracture here, that, that part takes a long time to heal up. Some kind of statistics which but you don't need to know all You need to know that the scaphoid is a bone that can lose its blood supply after this fracture. And if you take an x ray at the time of injury, you may see a scaphoid. If you take an x ray probably six months down the line, you may not see the scaphoid because it could have disappeared. Vascular necrosis. Glutate. Glutate dislocates. The 
you need can dislocate or leading to carpal tunnel syndrome. It can also undergo avascular necrosis. <coughs> this is a normal lateral view of the carpal bones in the hand. You see that the donated is probably put inside. But over here you can see that this bone has come off. This resembles a teacup. Dislocated out. So that's a dislocated trichotium. That also gets uh, injured, fractured. Book of hammock fractures can affect the alvanoid. You see the tendon through the little finger, the flexor, the internal superficialis, and the profundus going through the little finger. They actually hook around the hammock, hook the hammock, and go to the little finger. So they can be a well stuff. This picture shows that the ulna does not take part in the discharge. Because of this disc here that separates the head of ulna from the carbon. So it is only the radio, radius with the carbon, especially the scaphoid and the lumen, and on full adduction, the trivitium also comes into contact. Radio carbon joint is this joint. Now let's get to the soft tissues in the hand. The first thing that you see when you open up the skin is the deep fascia. And the deep fascia in this, in the palm, is called palma aponeurosis, which is actually can be considered even as an aponeurosis of the palma rhizomorosis. Okay. So this is a very uh, thick deep fascia which splits up into four slips and then it reaches the fingers, but not to the thumb. That's the reason why you can move your thumb very easily, but you can't move the toe to the same degree as you can move your thumb. In the, in the foot, the plantar aponeurosis goes to all the five digits. And here it only goes to four. What is fibrous flexor sheath? This is also a kind of deep fascia, it's fibrous in nature. It forms an osteofibrous tunnel. You see that? This is the bone of the finger. And that is the uh, fibrous flexor sheet all around. And in that tunnel, you get the tendon going inside to reach its destination covered by the synovial sheet, the tube. This uh, fibrous flexor sheet is almost circular everywhere except at the joint. They are not circular, they are sort of crisscross. Mm -hmm. If it was circular, you cannot even flex it. So if it's sort of crisscross in front of the joint, you will in the balance of the joints. An important thing about this in the palm, when you open this palm up on your as you as you open it in the middle here, in the middle of the palm. You find that the arteries are more superficial than the nerves. So when you open the palm up, the first thing you see is the artery. You saw that hand in the lab. You saw the ulna artery. When I was in, where I was demonstrating, uh, the ulna artery you can see very clearly, but not the nerves. The nerves are still deep inside. But as the palm up on your reaches the fingers. The relationship is different. The 
arteries go deeper and the nerves come so close, very close to the webs of the fingers. Now, if I want to remove his nail, you can <coughs> I just want to remove his nail. And what do I do? I just have to put the anesthesia in the web of the finger very soon. Because the nerve is very tight here. If you cut yourself with a knife in the web, you may injure a nerve that supplies the skin portion. But over a period of time, you will not feel sensation in the nerve because you have cut the nerve, which is pretty superficial than the artery. In a way, it's good, it's very superficial, you don't have to dig deep inside and give it an anesthesia. But in a way, it's bad because it's so superficial it can be injured. Nerve degeneration, regeneration can take a while. It's uh, still under the process of you know, research and everything, but they have attached the nerves to the nerves with not so much of the success rate. Well, all that we'll talk about in the nerves. Okay. Right now you know what nerves are there, its relationship and how you can apply it Okay, this is the clinical anatomy of the palmar aponeurosis. It's called Jupiterium compacture. This affects the slips going to the ring and little fingers. Probably because of some kind of correlation between sympathetics, innervation of these two fingers to the other one. T1 gets in, sympathetics get in, and T1, that's why in countries you get on a syndrome, right? Because of sympathetics. The same sympathetics can have some effect in this. It has been associated with certain, some kinds of coronary heart disease. It runs in families. Risk factors are alcoholism, smoking, and diabetes. So these two fingers are sort of in a contracted position all the time. To be differentiated from rock. So, Pama aponeurosis, clinical anatomy, dupitriums, contraction. So, this is fibrous flexor sheet. It allows the tendon to pass smoothly. Next part of the deep fascia is flexor retinacum. This is also called the palma carpal ligament. It stretches across the carpal bones forming a panel. So there are four corners where it is attached. The proximal bones will be scaphoid and pisiform. The distal bones attachment will be trapezium <coughs> and hamming. So attach this to the four places and that forms the flexor The lateral part of it slips into two slips, one goes deep, one goes superficial, and that encloses the tendon of flexor radialis. Now, what are the structures that go superficial to the flexor Starting from the ulna side to the radial side. 
ended the flexor carpi ulnaris rise to completion. Actually, it stops at this form. Doesn't go beyond. The ulna nerve and the lateral to it is the ulna artery. These two structures lie superficial to the flexor retinaculum, but it is actually covered by a small part of the flexor retinaculum that encloses it, and forming a canal called Brion's canal. The palmar cutaneous branch of the ulna nerve. Now there's a branch of the ulna nerve as it descends down and gives off a cutaneous branch that goes above the flexor retinaculum and supplies it. <coughs> Same way you get the palm of cutaneous branch of the medium. Now, this is important. Tell you why this is important. It goes over the flexor supplies the skin over the thinner eminence. <coughs> now, in a carpal tunnel syndrome, the medium nerve is affected and goes into the tunnel. And as this medium nerve goes into the tunnel, it gives off a branch. Comes back, small branch, comes back and supplies abductor policy groups, flexor policy groups, and opponents policies. <coughs> this nerve which gets inside a branch and comes back to supply is, is called the recurrent branch of the medium. The recurrent branch of the medium. Now I want all of you to explain your thoughts. Which is the ulna border, which is the radial border. Is this the radial border? Or is this the radial border? The top one. Top one is the radial border? Or the bottom one is the radial border? The bottom one is the radial border. Now take the ulna border and draw a line across between the medial side of your hand. Let's draw a line in the line. Take another line from the second web skills. Now this is the first web, second web, third web, fourth web. So take a line from the second web space and draw down, draw it vertically down to meet that line. Now just figure out on yourself where that meets. Okay? Copy here. That's the place where you get the recurrent branch of the medium. When you're washing a glass, after you have a party, you know what scent you want, you wash the glass, it can break in your hand, and if ever you cut your finger, I mean your hand here, a deep cut at that point, you can lose action of your thumb. If you fall on outstretched hands, you fall off, of moving vehicle, a motorcycle, or cycle, you fall down on the road and scrape. And if the scrap, uh, the abrasion is pretty deep, involves the hand here, you lose movements of the car. Why? That is the only nerve that supplies the muscles of the car. Recurrent branch of the medium. Okay. Now we are talking about this nerve. How much is branch of the medium? This nerve doesn't go in the tunnel, but goes superficial. So in a carpal tunnel syndrome, will you lose skin sensations over the thena eminence? 
Yes or no? No, because this nerve is drawn over the flexor of night, you supplied it. But we need to use sensations of skin in three and a half digits. Yes, because median nerve enters the tunnel and after it supplies these muscles, it gives off cutaneous going to supply the skin of these fingers. Right? So what is the feature in the carpal syndrome? What you will not find? Loss of sensations over the skin of the thinar eminence. What is this thinar eminence? It's also called the thinar mound in palm This is this bulgy that you see in relationship to the thumb. So the, and then you have the flexor uh, carpi radialis also passing through the tissue. The radial artery doesn't cross the flexor epithelium, but it goes off dorsally. It moves off to the back. Okay, so what are the structures that pass deep, deep to the flexor Everything goes in all the big tendons, plus one more tendon. Flexor pollicis, longest, plus the median nerve. All of them get inside. The flexor tendons are surrounded by a synovial sac called ulna bursa. Synovial, common synovial sac, see in the hand, is ulna Observe these four red tendons in the hand. How are they placed? Side by side. Observe them here. They are placed two behind each other. Right? Like that. So before they enter the tunnel, at the time when they enter the tunnel, they are arranged like this, but once they enter the hand, they are almost flat. So what are the structures that go deep inside the tendons with the synovial sheet? Flexor tendons to the fingers and the synovial sheet that covers them is called ulna bursa. The flexor tendon to the thumb, long flexor, the synovial sheet that covers it is called radial bursa. Okay, on a CD, you should be able to identify these things in front of the So this is pisiform, this is scaphoid. This we did in the forearm, structures which are injured in front of the wrist, so I am not getting into this. Okay, the muscles. You have a superficial muscle in the hand. It arises from the flexor attack. It inserts into the skin. If you can actually, if you can see the muscle, it flex. Flex your you see a very small little mound over there, just above. In fact, that covers the ulna nerve and That's called the palmaris brevis. Palmaris brevis is a muscle that is supplied by ulna nerve. 
Amar is longest supplied by Median Median Athena muscles include three of them forming the Athena eminence and also adductor policies, which does not take part in the formation of Athena eminence. The four muscles, okay. are they having a practice? Are they having a dance? <laughs> Median nerve innervates the abductor pulse, ribs, flexor pulse, ribs, ovens pulses, but not the adductor. Oh, let me rush into things to pass. Abductor pulses. Very simple logic. No need to memorize it. Abduction of the thumb. <laughs> Abduction of the thumb is more on the lap, on the border. So what is the abduction of the little finger? You abduct your little finger? Abduct it nicely. That is abduction, right? So where should the abductor muscle be? On this border, on the medial border. The abduction of the thumb, you're bringing it out this way. So it should be on the border of this side of the hand. So abductor pollicis rib is, is seen on the lateral border, the hand here. It takes origin from the carpal bones, especially the scaphoid, the trapezium, and it inserts into the proximal phalanx of the thumb. The proximal phalanx of the thumb at the base. Which base? Radial base or ulna base? Radial base. Radial base. Only then you can bring it this way, right? Same thing with the flexor. Now when you, you just hold, just keep your palm at the side and look at your palm. Look at your palm like this. Can you see your nail of your thumb? No, like this. So you don't turn it over. Just keep it by the side and look at the palm. Can you see the nail bent properly? No. Now you abduct your thumb nicely. Can you see the nail bent? No. Do you know? You can see much better because the thumb is rotated. When you abduct your thumb, the thumb rotates really. Okay, then you can see your nail better. Keep it by the side, you don't see. When you abduct it, you see it. Okay, what about this? Abducts the thumb, immediately rotates the thumb. Now this is the flexor pollicis in ribs, which also arises from the carpet bones. One of the carpal bones, mainly the trapezium. But flexor retinaculum is a common origin for these It is also inserted into the same place where the abductor policy grows. Openance, again from the flexor retinaculum and the trapezium, it is inserted onto the palmar aspect of the first metacarpal bone, completely. The palmar aspect of the first metacarpal bone. So what is the action of opponents? Is it as to it? The thing. The time and place for everything. 
the last two were supplied by Alma. So these are the numbers. You see them coming from the tenders. First and second on the sides of each tender, the third and fourth on either side. More about how they are arranged. Just know that they arise from the long tendons, which is profundus, and they pass on the radial side of the digits. Because in the toes, in the foot, you also have long tendons. They also arise from the deep tendons, but they pass on the medial side of the digits, on the toes side. This one goes on to the thumb side. Interosset. The best way to remember the interosset is pattern, tab and pattern. Okay? Now I'm going to just draw them on the board and you tell me which interosset I have. First metacarpal. First metacarpal, second, third, fourth. Okay. How many phalanges should I put here? Two. Second one is inserted onto the medial side of the middle finger. Third one. Where will it insert? Alna side. The alna side of the middle finger. The fourth one. Radially by the second, it abducts medially by the third. Got it? So the fourth is abducted medially by the fourth. You 
don't need one for this one because this is, this is called interosseal, they should be only between bones. And plus you have an abductor for and so you also have an abductor for the thumb. Now the palmas, they adduct towards the middle. So the palma arises from here and goes there. From this side, it goes here. So there are three palma in cross side. The middle finger doesn't have a palma. Because it is always in the adaptive position, it is in the axis. There is no way you can adapt it from the axis because it is only in the axis. But you can abduct it from the axis better. So you got to know what, if you hold a cigarette in your hand, okay, what abductors are actually working? What muscles are working? I am compressing this and making it. Tell me what muscles are working. I don't know. 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 I the index finger is adapting. Middle finger is adapting. So tell me the muscles which are active. Index finger is adapting, so it is the first palma. The middle finger is adapting, so it is the second dose. You see how you should figure it out with that? Things like this will make you think for about at least one minute or two minutes. That's the way you should do it. You couldn't get it? If I'm going to hold this pen between my index finger and the middle finger, that means I'm holding it so that it won't fall off. Which means I am adapting my index finger and abducting my middle finger. You got that? Now first let learn the action. If this is the midline, anything going away from the axis is abduction. Yeah, I, if I don't abduct it, the pen will fall off. If I abduct it on the ulna side, it will fall off. If I abduct it from the radial side, it remains. Okay? So, it is adduction of the index finger, which is the first palma, and abduction of the middle finger on the radial side, so it is the second dorsal. Okay, what do you do? Go home, draw the same thing. <laughs> and then try putting everything between the fingers. Do like this. What muscles? What muscles? What muscles? Okay? Yeah. Take a break.